Welcome back to episode 75 of Sporting Max. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link, connecting you and your business with the biggest stars in the world through events and experiences. Please welcome number 75. He's an NBL legend and Hobart Devils legend, Darren Smith. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max. For today, we are joined by NBL legend. He's played for the Hobart Devils, Jason. I mean, sir, sorry, Darren Smith. Welcome to the podcast. You look too much like Jason, mate. Welcome to the podcast, Darren. Uh, it's an honour to have you on. It's fantastic to have you on. How you going at the moment? I'm doing well, Max, and thank you very much for having me. And uh, don't feel too bad about that Freudian slip, mate. It happens every day. So, <laughs> very used to it. Uh, Darren, I'd like to start off with sort of your childhood and what growing up was like for you and your sort of sporting and basketball family. Um, yeah, well, obviously with my twin brother, Jason, we um, played a lot of sport growing up and uh, mostly kind of football in, in primary school. And then um, starting into high school, we, we started some basketball with some friends and um, mm-hmm. we weren't very good um, to begin with, but, um, you know, we're good athletes. So over a couple of years of training and, you know, and, and some specialist coaching, we improved a lot. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a rapid kind of uh, rise through the ranks in juniors. And, um, yeah. you know, with plenty of one-on-one battles being fought out in, the, in our yeah. uh, daily after school. Um, now, Andrew Parkinson's told me that I think it was one of you boys um, when you were younger threw a bat and your dad um, caught it, I think maybe from going through a window. Is that right? Um, well, there's a couple of smashed window stories. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, dad didn't catch the bat. Um, I was playing cricket at school and, um, uh, yeah, and tried to go the tonk on, on a shot and... Uh, <laughs> accidentally let the bat fly as well and it went through the principal's window oh. and um yeah so that didn't go down too well <laughs> but uh, yeah no we um unfortunately played a lot of sports had a lot of accidents and caused a bit of good a bit of mayhem um now how did you sort of make your way to be signed up by the Hobart Devils and play in the NBL um yeah look I mean we, we, I was good at basketball growing up um, and then, you know, got invited to play at the NBL one level um, when I was kind of 17 um, at high school and played well there. And then um, a year later, I got invited to fly down to, to Hobart to try out for the team. Um, mm-hmm. it probably wasn't, real, you know, playing the NBL wasn't like a, a goal of mine. I just happened yeah. to be playing well and just kept getting invited to different things. So, um you know, the coach had heard about me through another mutual friend and invited me down, had a tryout, and um, I must have done okay because they offered me a contract. So, you know, then I signed and mm-hmm. went down and started my NBL career at 19 years of age. Um, wow. The beautiful city of Hobart. Uh, so can you take me through uh, your first season in the NBL and playing with recent podcast guest Wayne McDaniel? Right, yeah. So I um, managed to play with, uh, with Big Mac my first year. And, uh, which was a treat. You know, he's an NBL, absolute NBL legend. Um, and so, yeah, look, it was, um, it was, it was good and bad. I think I wasn't very good, <laughs> but the experience was, was great. So um, you yeah, had, had fantastic teammates, um, a coach that was really positive and, um, you know, and then for me, the opportunity to play a lot 
you know, I think I was a sixth mm -hmm. um, that first season and, um, you know, so rapid learning uh, mm -hmm. and yeah, fantastic experience overall. So how much fun sort of settling into that Hobart um, lifestyle? Yeah, coming from from Melbourne, you know, this big city and, um, you know, a lot, lot going on. Um, uh, you know, I thought I might struggle with Hobart. You know, it's obviously a lot smaller, um, mm. but I, I really enjoyed my time. Um, you know, I think, you know, lack of traffic and the ease of getting around was... Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I met my wife there. So um, there's a few absolute, you know, bonuses of, 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 of Tassie life, um, you know, apart from just being a little bit colder in winter. Now, from your first year, you know, averaging sort of around 13 minutes per game, up to your second year and averaging 34 minutes a game. How did you earn, um, you know, those extra minutes on court um, for your second year and what sort of maybe work did you put in that off-season to make sure you got those extra minutes? Uh, well, it was probably the first time that I'd really consistently trained at a high level, like every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, playing the NBL one, you had to train a couple of times a week and yeah. I did my own weights and stuff, but never really knew what mm -hmm. I was doing. So just, just stepping up that professionalism um, really helped. And I kind of just blossomed um, in, into the NBL. And, you know, my second year, you know, I, I played well and um, my body was a little bit, you know, bit, bit bigger, a bit stronger. Mm. And, um, you know, mm. I, was, I, was, I was a tough competitor um, for, my, for a second year player. So I think the coaches gave me some, um, you know, confidence in the minutes I was able to play and starting. So, um, you know, and hopefully rewarded them with my effort. Um, which it seemed like it was just a, a great fit and, um, you know, took, definitely took advantage of it. So then you went and played for Hobart in the State League, I think it was in 1998. Um, what was that like? Um, you know, you're going from the NBL down, you know, to the State Leagues. Yeah, so the Hobart team, um, the NBL team died in 96. Yeah. And then so that, that Hobart, um, like an NBL one team now, um, mm -hmm. were, uh, you know, the, the Hobart Chargers, um, their first year um, in that league. Um, yeah, look, I mean, again, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. We had a, we had a stacked team because we had yeah. the team just died, so we had a bunch of guys um, from that team, you know, swing mm -hmm. straight into into the NBL one team, and uh, so we won a lot of games. Um, we were really good. It was it was certainly um, a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I was playing well and, um, you know, managed to get seen again and, and, and get, get another opportunity um, back to the NBL. So then how did you get back to the NBL to play for the Sydney Kings? Yeah, I think just, just playing consistently well at that level and then mm -hmm. you know, being on the road uh, in Melbourne and, and Sydney, um, it allowed NBL coaches to come and have a look um, at us and, and, you know, maybe me particularly. So, um and I guess I was blessed because, um, you know, the Hobart Devils coach, Bill Tomlinson, had mm -hmm. taken the job at the Sydney Kings. So it was when he got the job, he called me and just said, look, we, you know, we'd, we'd like to have you up here. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I followed Billy T um, to the Kings and, uh, and got back in the NBL and um, enjoyed my time in Sydney. So how did you find your time at Sydney and then those times where you come up against your brother, Jason Smith? Yeah, um, Sydney Kings, we're, we're a really young team. Um, you know, we had, um, you know, Matt Nielsen was really young at the time, mm -hmm. Amateur Hair, some, some really big names in the game, um, but we, we were really young. So, you know, we, we fought hard, but we kind of made young, you know, rookie mistakes and stuff. Mm -hmm. but, um, but we, you know, we really challenged you know, for every game um, and, you know, including um, 
you know, the, the Titans um, that, that Jason was playing for at the time. Mm. And, you know, our, our rivalry hadn't really diminished from when we were trying to kill each other in the front. <laughs> um, so, you know, that just extended to the to the NBL court. <laughs> yeah, we tried to beat each other there. So, you know, it was great fun um, being able to compete against your brother, um, you know, and for, for some bragging rights as well. Then why did you decide to sort of come home um, and play in Victoria? Um, I think the opportunity to play with my brother um, and under, you know, and under Brian Gorgian um, mm. was just too, too attractive to, to dismiss. Um, mm -hmm. I had a contract offer at Sydney, um, but to come back to Melbourne and back home, you know, mm. around family and friends that we grew up with. Um, but also, like I said, to, you know, to play with your, your twin brother, um, is a pretty rare opportunity. So, <laughs> he, um, you know, just wanted to take advantage of that um, and really kick that box. And, you know, that was probably some of the best basketball I've ever played. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Gorgian's, you know, unbelievable coach. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the team was very professional. We had an, an unbelievable talent level. Um, so, you know, it was really, really exciting and fun to, um, to be able to play within that group. So I think it was the 2001-2000, oh, sorry, 2000-2001 season where you lost the semifinals out to the Townsville Crocodiles. Can you guide me through, you know, um, that sort of semifinal series, you know, where you can't get, um, obviously, where you want to go to try and get the chip? Yeah, it's super frustrating. Um, you, you're getting so close. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, I remember that season we, we dominated. Mm -hmm. We had an unbelievable season. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I think we won 20 games and... <clears throat> But we had some huge uh, injuries leading up into that semi-final series. I think we we lost our point guard Daryl McDonald. You know, one of the best. Oh yeah. Time. Um, I think uh, Anstey may have been out. Yeah, he was. I think. You know, my brother. I think he snapped his you know patella tendon. <laughs> um, so you know, we we lost three starters, um, <laughs> and uh, and it was just it was just such an uphill battle, um, losing that kind of talent. Um, you know, you had a semi-final series. You know, they were mm -hmm. an exceptional team as well. So, um, yeah, it was it was heartbreaking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, you know, that that's part of sport is injuries, and you know, mm -hmm. you have to adapt and and you know continue. But um, yeah, it was a it was a well fought series. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we couldn't quite get there. Well, then you went sort of a bit better that next season. You you were the minor premiers in the 0102 NBL season. Um, but then still not quite getting to obviously where you want to go to the finals. Yeah, I think, um, again, I think we, we had a couple of key injuries again. Um, <laughs> you know, so the just the timing of that stuff is just un really unfortunate. I mean, obviously the athletes never want that to happen, but that's, yeah. again, you know, that, that's part of being a professional athlete, uh, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, re really unfortunate. Um, again, and just missing out, like you, can mm -hmm. nearly, you can nearly taste it, you know. Yeah. There, and, um, you don't quite get it. So really disappointing. But um, you know, we live to fight another day. So how did you sort of make the decision uh, to retire from the NBL? Uh, for me, like I was still pretty young. I think I was about thirty, um, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, the NBL unfortunately was going through a tough time, um, and, and teams were kind of. Folding, um, you yeah. know, every year or so, there was a new, you know, new team that was not going to yeah. be around. So, um, 
you know, and I was getting offers for one one year contracts in different different cities and stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, I had a young family, I had, a, I had two two daughters at that stage, so mm-hmm. you know, for me, it just made sense to stay put, um, you know, and then and then focus on a career out after basketball. Uh, I would have loved to have played longer. Um, mm-hmm. For me, at that point, it probably made um, the most sense to to look at um, the next phase of life. So how did you think when you saw your brother Jason win a championship with the Sydney Kings in 2005? I was um, bittersweet. It was mm-hmm. bittersweet. I was really happy for him. I mean, I've always been, um, you know, a big supporter and, and of him and, you know, being able mm-hmm. to enjoy um, seeing him achieve everything he's achieved. So, you know, it was great to see the Kings finally get there, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and for him to have a huge part in that um, was really satisfying um, to see. But, you know, obviously I would have loved to have been there, um, mm. you know, ha- having made that decision to, to retire um, and move on. Um, you know, the, they're the kind of moments you kind of think, oh, should I try to really stick around? <laughs> but no, look, it was, it was really great to see that outcome. Uh, playing in the State League uh, once again from 2005 uh, until 2008 for Waverley. How did you find um, that, you know, sort of the back end of your basketball career? Well, I mean, th- that for me, um, coming back to that kind of level, is just really about enjoying the game, um, you know, still being competitive, but not mm-hmm. really having, um, you know, the, the, the drive to do it uh, at, at that professional level every yeah. day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still playing with some good people, good coaches. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, played with, bunch of guys that I, that I played with or against for a long time growing up and in the mm-hmm. NFL and stuff. So, um, so you know, it, it really scratches that competitive itch. Um, mm. as you to continue to, you know, play the game at a pretty good level. Um, you know, <coughs> I still love the game. And, um, so, yeah, you know, it's still ticked a few boxes for me. What's it been like to watch your daughter, Alana Smith, play in the WNBL and for the Opals? And do you get more nervous... Um, I guess when you're watching her or cheering for her than when you played? Uh, yeah, I think like when she was first starting to come through the ranks um, and, and and perform really well, um, I used to get quite nervous for her. Um, but mm-hmm. now I'm pretty pretty relaxed. She's She's been around for a while now. Mm. She's been through all the, the state system and then the junior yeah. and stuff. And um, then at Stanford at college. So, you know, we've been able to share... Um, a bunch of basketball experiences with her and Mm -hmm. and really try to provide as much support and guidance um, along the way. I don't get that nervous anymore, but I still love to, you know, talk to her about Mm -hmm. her game and and things that she can do to continue to improve. And, um, you know, but, and to be honest, like to see her um, play and achieve the things that she's been, um, you know, that she's achieved so far has Mm. been probably more satisfying than, you know, than my own career. So yeah. <laughs> really, um, it's really exciting that, um, you know, all these kids of players are coming through and you, you, know, mm-hmm. you get to see them all perform so well. And um, yeah. that, that, that is really satisfying. Um, now you used to work for Rent Dust, which for those who don't know, was a charity for Indigenous youth um, where they would go on trips uh, with the NBL basketballers and sportsmen to the Northern Territory and give back kids up there what was that like for you uh it was a life-changing opportunity 
um, I, I didn't know much about um, Aboriginal Indigenous Australia um, until I had the option to, to travel to a remote community in the NT, I think back in 97 or something, mm -hmm. um, with the, the guy who started it named John Van Groningen. Um, mm -hmm. He um, was, a good friend, was a good friend of mine, invited us, uh, a few of us to go out bush and, and deliver basketball clinics and just talk to kids about you know, mm -hmm. what being an athlete was like, the choices we made uh, as far as those healthy living decisions. And, um, and I just, you know, fell in love with, um, you know, that part of Australia and, and, and the culture, people, mm -hmm. um, and I just learnt so much. So it really um, impacted me deeply. Um, and I just, I volunteered every year while I was playing to, to do it more and more. And then when, mm -hmm. when the career finished uh, of basketball, I, I kind of slotted in, I you know, did a couple little things first, but then slotted into full time with red dust and, um, and being the, you know, spend yeah. quite a lot of time in, in those communities and support the young people there. Um, now, what's it like for you um, to be obviously back in Tasmania now? Yeah, we moved uh, moved back during COVID, mm -hmm. uh, made the decision before COVID, um, but, um, you know, we were yeah. stuck, stuck in Melbourne a little bit. Um, but, yeah, being back around all, all my wife's families here, um, so it's really nice to, to reconnect with them at a, at a you know, more consistent level and, and see my, my youngest daughter, uh, Andy, you know, hanging out with all her cousins and stuff down mm -hmm. here. And, um, you know, we're, we're really lucky. We've got a, a, a beautiful house and on the water. And, um, you know, it's, we're lucky as well because, um, you know, Tasmania hasn't been too, too impacted too greatly from mm -hmm. COVID um, compared to, you know, Victoria and some other states, yeah. um, you know, it's worked out um, very well for us so far. Um, now, so what's it like for you to watch the Tasmania Jack Jumpers come into the league um, for their inaugural NBL season? You know, I think it's 25 or I think it's more than that year since um, the Hobart Devils were last in the league. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really exciting. I think, um, you know, I went to the first game and uh, just just sitting in the stands and kind of just you know it really took me back um, mm -hmm. to to the time that I just I just cherished. I really loved my time, and um, and just seeing the guys on the court playing, they played really hard. Um, mm -hmm. The crowd just embraced it. You know, it was just it was really exciting for the the city, um, for people that enjoy the game of basketball. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we get to see the the highest level being played here in the NBL. You know, it's an unbelievable level um of talent um, yeah so you know it's um ev everyone wins it's it's fantastic you know and I'm, I'm excited for them i think they can you know they can do some good things in the league um now you currently work for basketball australia pathways and you know help get australian kids into college in the united states who have you helped get into college and what does your work um or job title consist of uh, yeah, so we we basically help um, athletes and families kind of navigate the recruitment process to college. Um, you know, we've we've been around for a few years now, so we we would have helped probably a couple of hundred kids. Um, you know, just understand what the process looks like and and how to do it. Um, you know, including like a lot of a lot of the kids that have been at the center of excellence in Canberra. Um, so yeah, some really exciting prospects that coming through the junior ranks that go to college and then transfer into becoming professionals and playing for Australia. Yeah. Um, you know, for us, it's really satisfying to be able to help um, th those level of athletes, but also 
you know, those people that maybe aren't going to play for Australia, but are still looking for you know, <laughs> to develop their game and the experience of playing in the US. Um, they may not play at a Division One school, but yeah, you know, just at a junior college or wherever it might be. Um, that that's just as satisfying to see people, you know, enjoy the game and and really utilize the game for what the you know the opportunities it can mm-hmm. bring. So um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's exciting for us to be able to you know, talk to coaches over there all the time that are interested yeah. in athletes and try to connect the dots there. Um, yeah, we, re- we really enjoy it. So who, what um, players have you helped get into college so far? Um, well, I mean, started, it started with my daughter. Like yeah. we went through the process with her and really learnt, um, you know, a lot of lessons with, with her. Um, but look, there's there's been... There's been way too many, um, mm-hmm. you know. There's there's been literally a couple of hundred. Um, so yeah, but look, we're we're really excited. We think the U.S. college pathway um, can do unbelievable things for athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's basically two ways you can go. You know, I'd stay in Australia um, and and utilize the system we've got here. Yeah. Um, we'll do what a lot you know a lot of young athletes are choosing is go to the states and try to find the right fit there and um, mm-hmm. continue their game. And so, you know, we're just trying to do our best to connect um, those athletes and families to those, you know, those appropriate programs. Um, what would be your best advice to anyone who wants to be a professional basketballer uh, and be successful like yourself? Uh, practice, practice, practice. It's just, it's a lot of work. Um, and I, I think um, a lot of athletes probably underestimate how much work they should be putting in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at the, the best athletes, um, whether it's juniors or, or in you know the, the professional ranks. Yeah, the best are usually putting in a lot more time um, and have an unbelievable work ethic. Mm-hmm. So that's probably something that it, it took me a little while to work out, like you know how to improve. Um, yeah, and you know it's, it's focused training, and the and it's just a commitment to time. Uh, it takes it takes a while, it takes years. Mm-hmm. So. You know, those that can commit to that kind of level of intensity over that period of time usually do really well. Thanks, Darren, for coming on the podcast today and putting aside a half an hour or so of your time to come and have a chat. It's been an honour to have you on. Maxie, my pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Darren. Stay tuned, everyone, for more Sporting Max. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sporting Max. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify or YouTube and be sure to follow our socials. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link. This is The Voice of Melbourne, and we'll see you back here real soon for another episode of Sporting Max.